Good morning, everybody. This is Wednesday, the second week of Lent, and we are going to continue with our series from uh, based on Richard Raw's Wondrous Encounters, Scripture for Lent. Uh, the title today is quite a long one. It's called The Most Common Substitute for the Legitimate Suffering of the Self is the illegitimate suffering of others. Our scriptures are Jeremiah 18, 18 to 20, and Matthew 20, 17 to 28. <coughs> so as usual, I will start by reading the passage and then we'll come back and try and uh, get the essence out of it. If there is a constantly recurring theme in mythology, literature, and theater, it is that human beings who try to avoid changing themselves, an invitation which normally comes through humiliating self-knowledge, always set out on a destructive course of trying to change the world, others, or even God, it is the old theme of hubris in Greek theatre and seems to be at the heart of every tragedy. In its most dramatic form, of course, it even insists on the death of others and becomes murder, catastrophe or war. Anything rather than change ourselves. Swiss psychologist C.G. Jung said that to avoid the legitimate suffering of being human, we inflict untold suffering on others and finally actually bring more suffering on ourselves anyway. I find that to be profoundly true. We see these patterns in both of today's readings. In the first from the prophet of Jeremiah, we see the men of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem plotting against his life. His truth-speaking has exposed their corruptions and he must be done away with it. He must be done away with. The part of the passage included seems to show that Jeremiah is forgiving. But if we read the whole prayer, we see that he too is eventually drawn into their cycle of vengeance and death. Then in the Gospel we see Jesus inviting his inner circle to follow him on the path of redemptive suffering instead of redemptive violence which has been the accepted storyline of almost all of human history. Jesus, against all odds, expectations and human programming insists that we make the preemptive and positive move into drinking of the cup ourselves instead of always asking others to drink of it. Note that two of the apostles send their mother to plead their case for not dying, but rather they want to be enthroned. The other ten are just jealous because they want the same. The whole scene is meant to be a laughable cartoon and I'm afraid 
that it is a rather clear judgment on much of what became of the church, even in its leadership. I do not want to be unfair, but read our history, ecclesial and political. We still do not want to change ourselves. We want to change others instead. Richard has just shared the Matthew reading. So it's Matthew 20, 23 and 25 to 27. <clears throat> From the cup I drink of, you shall indeed also drink. Among the Gentiles, those who have authority lord it over others and make their importance felt. It must not be like that with you. Anyone who aspires to greatness among you must serve the rest, and anyone who wants to rank first among you must serve the needs of all. So let's go back and have a look. Actually, that passage that uh, Richard put 23 and 25 to 27 in Matthew is not the set reading. The set reading is a little before that. It's Matthew 20, 17 to 28. So I encourage you to read all those verses. So let's have a look at what Richard's trying to say here. And this is just, this is so perfect for Lent because this is just how we all behave. Well, maybe not all, but certainly I would include myself and many of the people who come to me for counselling or for spiritual guidance are in the same, could I call it a trap? I think it is a trap, yes. People who say, uh, you know, uh, in the church family that uh, this is wrong and that's wrong and the other thing's wrong and that person has to change. Whereas in actual fact, the person who's doing the accusing needs to look into their heart and realize that what they are doing is not Christ-like. But invariably, people don't change, either because they refuse to see the darkness in themselves or because they do see it and out of pride they don't try to change. If we are followers of Jesus and especially during Lent when we need to pray to God to remove this darkness from our hearts and start to drink the cup of others. In other words, instead of going around and hurting other people, um, uh, then rather we look into our own hearts and clear our own hearts of malice and pride that hurts others. <clears throat> it's interesting that um, Raw says that uh, people, people normally to avoid changing themselves um, when they've 
um, come across some humiliating self-knowledge. And what he means by that is that, you know, it might be something like, Somebody says we talk too much, and actually, maybe we do talk too much. Um, so, or uh, you know, we've got an addiction, and we have refused to admit it. But suddenly, we come to a point where we need to acknowledge to ourselves that, in fact, that particular thing does have um, a claim on us that we can't and it's creating darkness in our souls and it's humiliating for people to realize for anyone for all of us to realize that actually there is something wrong with us and there is something that we need to deal with and these are the kinds of things that we actually turn to in Lent and they are difficult things and because they are difficult when we heal from them, our life changes immensely. Um, we take a, a huge leap on our spiritual journey towards God. So he um, quotes from some of the prophets. Um, he quotes from Jerusalem and the men of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem who weren't very kind to um, Jeremiah uh, when he prophesied the word of God. Jeremiah was a reluctant prophet and a reluctant prophet and he also got himself into all sorts of trouble including being thrown into a sewer which was basically um, you know, a water pipe in those days. And then he quotes the, the gospel. Um, before we go there, I'd like to just draw your attention to <clears throat> a couple of examples. Uh, have a look at Jesus um, when he came into the world and started to preach and to have followers. Um, he started to become a threat to the leaders of the time, the Roman leadership. And instead of examining their hearts and finding the humility to do so, so that they, in fact, the leaders could see that what Jesus was doing was a good thing, they actually saw him as a threat and that ended in violence in not only the death of Jesus, but of most of his disciples. So there is a perfect example uh, where the Romans, through their pride, um, through their love of dominance and cruelty, um, their, their darkness, through the love of their darkness, actually um, managed to take out, to kill um, one of God, you know, the message of God in the world and that could have brought so much love had Jesus been able to live a little longer. And then uh, he speaks of um, 
in, in its most dramatic form, it becomes something that insists on the death of others and becomes murder, catastrophe or war. And I can't help thinking of um, the Ukraine at the moment and particularly Vladimir Putin uh, in Russia who is perpetuating this abominable, um, dreadful brutality of war on the the Ukrainians without any, um, what's the word I'm looking for, provocation. And this is just something inside Putin that is spewing out in this horrible, like a horrible black flow of deadly lava from a volcano and killing all in its sight. And if Vladimir Putin was the type of person, I have my doubts, who could look into himself and actually realize the, you know, he must realize the pain he is inflicting on the world, but to actually come to grips with it, go and see a psychologist about, you know, whatever it is that has happened in his past or that is part of his psyche that is causing this terrible devastation in the Ukraine from women and children and babies and surrogate, newborn surrogate babies, animals, completely without um, distinction, just pure violent destruction of everything that comes in his path, everything and everyone. If only he could do what Richard is talking about here and drink of his own cup and, and instead of killing everything, like the Romans did in Jesus' time, to actually deal with uh, the issue at heart that it is his own pain that is inflicting on the world and that he needs to find a way to turn to the light. And that is perhaps something that we could all pray for. I've kind of got to the gist of things here, um, of what Raw was saying, and to relate it to our Lenten journey, and just in summary, to say that, you know, when we are sitting quietly with God during, in prayer, during this Lenten season, that we actually do look inside ourselves. I'm trying to think who it is. I think it's Howard Thurman. He says that uh, Howard Thurman was a wonderful African-American pastor, um, an academic, a highly intelligent man who is now past. But if you can get any of his books, I highly recommend them. Uh, perhaps the first one to try would be The um, Disinherited Jesus uh, by Howard Thurman, it's on Amazon, it's on, I think Lute has it as well, and probably take a lot. 
So Howard Thurman tells us that we have this inner sea within us, which he calls the sound of genuine truth. Calls it a lot of other things as well. But I rather like that one. There is the sea of truth within us. It is a sacred sea. It forms the holy essence of who we are in Christ. And if our hearts are darkened by the pain from our past that and if we are inflicting this pain onto the world, that will darken our sea of truth, our sea of the genuine. So what we want to do actually in meditation is have an image of that sea within us. And uh, what does it look like? Is it, is it dark? Is it uh, stormy? Is, is it unsettled, raging perhaps? And just try to ask God what we can do to calm the storm within us. Um, and perhaps ask him to help us to face uh, with calmness and with humility those things that are causing this raging storm of darkness within us. I hope that makes sense to you. I'll read today's reading and the start of prayer. And this is from Matthew 23 and 25 to 27. From the cup I drink of you, sorry, from the cup I drink of, you shall also drink. Among the Gentiles, those who have authority lord it over others and make their importance felt. It must not be like that with you. Anyone who aspires to greatness among you must serve the rest, and anyone who wants to rank first among you must serve the needs of all. Here is your starter prayer. Well, God, I sure do not like to hear this, but show me how it might be true in my life. Do I also kill others as a substitute for those necessary deaths to myself? I'll read it again. Well, God, I sure do not like to hear this but show me how it might be true in my life. Do I also kill others as a substitute for those necessary deaths to myself? So as always, I encourage you to take that prayer and try and expand it. Try and um, look at the ways that we kill others and just make a list of them the things that cause our sea within us to rage. Amen.